Bald Men on Campus, a new ESPN podcast hosted by Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. These ESPN basketball personalities give you an all-access pass inside the world of college basketball, talking to the biggest names in the sport. That's Bald Men on Campus. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in the latest Daily Wager Extra podcast, taping this a little extra later because of the weather delay at Arrowhead, but it did not prevent the Super Bowl favorites from suffering their third loss in five weeks. We'll get into all of that. I am Doug Kazarian alongside Mackenzie Kramer, as I've been for a few weeks now. Mac, uh, there's a passing of the torch, I bet, at the top of the uh, odds board here. Yeah, you have to think so after Buffalo's upset win. I mean, ESPN's our football app power index already had the Bills the best team, but now the odds makers are sure, almost certainly going to back that up after tonight's blowout win. The first time Patrick Mahomes has ever lost by more than one score in the regular season. It's crazy. I mean, it's just truly crazy. Um, and it was the what was tied for the lowest spread he's been in career, right? Three? He had never been at home uh, favored by less than three. So this is the first time he had ever been favored by less than three at home. Oh, so close two and a half. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, all right, so biggest takeaway is we've talked about it, I believe, either last week or I know I wrote about it. Josh Allen wins this game. Going into this game, the Bills had the third easiest schedule remaining that this year, according to FPI. And again, that's with a game at Arrowhead. Super clear sailing right now. They are in the driver's seat. I would figure he's going to be among the favorites, I would say top three now for MVP. Any thoughts there? I mean, you say top three. I think he's the favorite right now. You look over, at the over Kyler Murray, five and zero, dynamic player, all that. I mean, he's got better stats than Murray. I mean, I think I, I mean, we talk about Heisman moments sometimes with the Heisman trophy. This was Josh Allen's Heisman moment to me, like winning this game on the road at Kansas city, that, that jump over the defender late in the game yeah. to help ice the game. Like to me, the, the media narrative is all going to be about the bills this week. So I think Josh Allen is, if he's not the favorite, he's definitely top three, but I would not be surprised if he's the favorite. So, and like you said, their schedule really easy after this. They got a Monday night game against Tennessee next week where he can have another showcase game, then a bye, and then Miami, Jacksonville, the Jets, and the Colts right after that. So, Yeah, I just wanted to give the deference to the guy who was still undefeated, though, and he was already the favorite. But to your point, I would think Allen. To me, Allen is a more – Buffalo is a more stable team to, in order to get the one or the two seed, and obviously that is – so significant. 11 of the last 14 MVP winners have been quarterbacks from a one or a two seed. Elsewhere in the day, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, regression, if you will, favorites and overs. Yeah, it's the first time all season favorites going to have a winning record against the spread. They're nine and six right now with one game to go. Uh, they were eight and eight last week, but the first three weeks, favorites are just 18 and 30 against the spread. So underdogs barked early, but favorites finally starting to come around here in week five. And overs, too, nine and six, including the Bills-Chiefs game going over. That was the highest total we had all year at 57, snuck over at 58. So it'll be the first time all year the majority of the games are going over the total. Uh, still for the season, uh, favorites are 35 and 44, and uh, unders are 43 and 36. So if you just blind bet underdogs and unders this season, you'd still be doing well. But uh, this would be your worst week of the year if you just did that method. Cowboys remain the only team still undefeated ATS emphatic win over the Giants. They look legit. Now, obviously, New York hosting them shouldn't really change things, but 5-0 ATS, which you mentioned last week on the pod, really funny because last week they were 0-8 uh, ATS, the last team to get a cover, and here they are. Uh, just really impressive. It's the defense that we didn't expect. We weren't sure to, what to expect with Dak and company, but we knew they'd at least be good and explosive, but the defense off a terrible season last year, just like a punchline, 
pretty well. And obviously Diggs, who's like 20 to one, I believe as of last weekend, Monday morning to be defensive player of the year. I, I mean, I was looking for 50 to one. I didn't think to one, but now, I mean, he's got what, seven, eight interceptions. It's crazy. Second player in Cowboys history to have an interception in each of his first five games, joining Don Bishop in 1961. It's been a minute there. Yeah. It's been a minute for that over uh, 60 years, but I, I will say this, their division stinks. So if you're thinking Dak, maybe MVP buzz, I wrote about it last week. He was at minus $1.70 to be the comeback player of the year. I just don't see how he doesn't win it, right? McCaffrey's still out. Saquon got hurt. I mean, Sam Darnold's not going to win it. Just Joe Burrow could, I guess, but over the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and they're going to win the division. I mean, it's just now it's going to be like minus 250 or something, but I still think it's if you play with credit, it might be a good thing to tie up some credit for a little bit. Yeah, I'm totally uh, with you. I, don't, I think Dak's got to be the favorite there. And and like you, and like you mentioned with you Sam Darnold. You said the injury. I still do Sam Darnold's coming back from. What is Sam Darnold coming back from? Adam Gase? Yeah, Adam Gase. <laughs> well, he missed some games, and he was just, you know, like being, you know, just cast off in the Jets, I guess it is. That's fair. So more of the same, what, what we thought. Jets stink. I don't know why we keep doing this to London, but we keep sending them terrible teams. But so be it. Um, Saints better than Washington. No surprise there. Steelers had lost three in a row. They get the win at home. Not too surprising. I think the Broncos went off as a one, one and a half. Vikings and Lions, man, that was an eliminator sweat like no other. Lions were up, were down 10 with like a couple minutes to go. And somehow the Vikings botch it. Madison fumbles. Dalvin Cook was a late scratch this morning. But that was a roller coaster of a game. Another backdoor cover for Detroit. The Lions have been a feisty team all year. I mean, you talked about the backdoor cover in week one against San Francisco. They had the game against Baltimore. I had I was fading the Lions both against the Ravens and the Vikings in Survivor this week. So 66-yard field goal with Justin Tucker, 54-yard field goal with Greg Joseph. Never a sweat in Survivor for both of those. Uh, Minnesota on the ESPN Eliminator Challenge, they were the third most popular pick. But if you look at some of the higher stakes tournaments, like at Circa, they were 58% selected at Circa, including myself. So that would have been a huge uh, elimination there. Uh, uh, New England was one of the top three picks as well. They they had a comeback from double digits down against Houston as well. So that was one of the bigger surprises of the day. I was on the team total under for Houston, but Davis Mills, the first quarterback to throw 300 yards and three touchdowns as a rookie against the Bill Belichick Patriots team. So that was one of the more surprising results of the game of the day to me. What, what did you think of the uh, Texans Patriots? Yeah, that was definitely surprising. So I had three entries in circa left two of them. I went to Vikings. The other one was Patriots. Um, definitely kicking myself for a small window there on everything, but you know, I didn't watch the game. I had Five TVs going red zone on one, four other games on the other. I just couldn't watch like Houston, New England. I just, it was terrible, like on paper. And, it, you know, look, I saw the highlights. That's all I needed to. But I think the big thing was the fumble going into the goal line, right? That was going to be a comfortable lead for New England, or at least in the game. And then they had to f- come back all the way for, after the Harris fumble. So I was impressed that New England was able to bounce back because Mac Jones definitely looked bad. Yeah, but that's, that is not a team I want to lay significant points on going forward. That is a team that if they win, it's going to be low-scoring games unless they force a lot of interceptions like like Zach Wilson did. The one thing I found that was interesting with that game was just you know the co- coaching mismatch between Belichick and David Kelly. I haven't been thrilled with all the moves Belichick's been making this year, but obviously that's a huge coaching mismatch. We saw the, the punt get blocked when the Texans tried to get cute. And then <laughs> late in the game in that one, uh, the Texans – 
probably should have definitely should have let New England score so they had a chance to win. Instead, they let the Patriots get the game winning field goal with 15 seconds left, which is a pretty nice, nice juxtaposition with what I thought was the game of the year so far, close to it, which the Chargers and the Browns, where the Browns literally dragged Austin Eckler into the end zone down the stretch. So they had a chance to win late. So that I thought that was an unbelievable game, probably the game of the year, definitely the highest scoring game of the year, the Browns and the Chargers with 89 points. Total was 47. The Charger, the, the Chargers got that themselves. So uh, what did you think of that game? So I was to say perfect segue. Speaking of letting them score, I thought it was the most arousing game for anyone with with a brain and uses likes and braces analytics and just everything. I even made the joke on Twitter that each coach was in their 30s, so they clearly grew up playing Madden football. And maybe yep. that didn't teach them clock management, but at least made them comfortable with some of the decisions they were doing, whether it be going for two early or letting a team score, or just all the sort of what we all think is normal that these archaic and meathead coaches just don't do. And so it was just refreshing to see them. Now, obviously, the defenses could have played a a little bit better, just giving up these huge plays. And obviously, you want to give credit to the offense, but it was pretty bad defense at times. But just in general, the advanced approach, Stefanski in general in the first half, was not settling for a field goal. Now, I had some live betting going on, and I needed the field goal, plus 250 on some pro... It, it was, you know, a headache on that front. But in general, I applauded the approach from both. And obviously, Eckler falling down. And then it was a mistake. What, what are you standing up for? Just go down. Like, you've yeah, already done the math that you don't need to stand. You don't need to burn a few extra seconds to get the extra runoff to, you know, figure out the, the, the game clock, whatever. Like, st- staying standing up was foolish. But credit should go to Cleveland for having the awareness to drag the running back into the end zone. I think that game was felt like what an NFL game should look like in 2021, but most of the coaches have not caught on to that. You had the Chargers go for two down 14. You had uh, all the aggressive play calling down the stretch going for it on fourth down. Other than that, it felt like every other Chargers game for the last 15 years, Chargers down late with the ball trailing major kicker issues with this guy at home missing two field goals or sorry, two extra points. But the difference was they had a coach who just made optimal choice after op- optimal choice and that put them in the best position to win and they got the win. I thought it was a little early when they were down 14 to go for two. I think you usually do that. Like the Eagles did it last year on Monday night when there was literally no time for any other scores. Um, I didn't love it, but whatever they got it, who cares? We're splitting hairs. Agreed. Obviously, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Obviously, narratives apply in betting. and We like to apply them. What did you make of the efforts of the two teams that had coaching sort of headlines during the week for activity away from the field? One was an email from Gruden from a decade ago. 
but it obviously got some legs this weekend, especially the racial undertone. And then obviously we're still a week away, but that had legs with uh, Urban Meyer and uh, at a bar or whatever you want to call it, dancing in a stupid press conference. Just what did you, was there, could you connect those dots? I know players denied it um, afterwards, especially with the Raiders, but I mean, it's hard to not connect those dots, right? I mean, I, I thought the way they played today was a little bit different on both sides. The Raiders seem to come out a little bit flat, but I think part of that has to do with the team they're playing. The Bears are just – the Bears are an under team until further notice. Like, they just – their offense has so little to offer, but their defense has actually been playing pretty well. And I thought the Raiders came out a little flat in that one, only scoring nine points at home. Allegiant Field – Allegiant Stadium had been an over machine, nine and one the last two years, but uh, until today. But, but Jacksonville actually thought played pretty well. They actually outgained – Tennessee in the game, but they just made some stupid mistakes and they just around the goal line, particularly they were denied. I mean, obviously that, yeah, you're right. That game could have been a lot closer. The Titans were just the better team. So the, the, the books took a hit on some of these games, right? Like there was heavy, heavy money, I believe in the 90% range at Caesars in terms of ticket count on the Jaguars. So that was a very popular public play. Packers was two, and there were some two and a halves out there. And Miss field goals galore. That game was hilarious, but they did win by three. Mason Crosby did eventually in overtime make a field goal. So that couldn't have gone well for the books. Uh, I would say the Bucks probably got some action. I was on the Dolphins. Another best bet loser for your guy here. <laughs> um, Cardinals was a public and sharp play. That was one of my heavy plays today, too. Cowboys, I would imagine the public was on. And the public was on the Bills. Talking to a couple of oddsmakers, they were saying for the first time probably ever, we, we need Mahomes. Yeah. And now the Chiefs are three and thirteen against the spread in the last sixteen games. So maybe betters are finally starting to realize, hey, we shouldn't just blind bet the Chiefs every single time. Even though I still need to learn that lesson, apparently based on the bet I made tonight. Oh really? See, I think they're three and fourteen. To be honest, I think it was three and thirteen last. Uh, either way, uh, it's been a surprising run. But it, at least the public was on the Bills here, and I thought it was the kiss of death. We all liked the Bills daily wager, and I was like, this can't be as easy as we're making it out to be. But trust your eyes. I mean, that, that you, you had to trust your eyes because there's nothing that we've seen this year up until this that thinks the, the, the Chiefs defense could have done anything to stop the Bills. I was only on the team total. I just was like, they're going to have to score that much to win anywhere, cover two and a half, three, so might as well just take the team total in case Mahomes wins a shootout. But uh, I was impressed with the Eagles comeback in Carolina. Probably Carolina and Denver came back to earth the last couple of weeks. We kind of now know who they are. But still, the Eagles on the road to do that with Jalen Hurts, who I don't think is very good. I was impressed. Like the Eagles, you know, welcome to the um, welcome to the win column. That's one way to put it. But just in general, I know they got the win against Atlanta early on, but that that was an impressive win uh, for for the Eagles to come back. Yeah, overcoming a twelve point deficit. That was another game where they, a blocked punt helped swing it. We saw that with the Patriots game. The Eagles got that one with four minutes left to help set up the game winning score. So I've been on the Eagles a lot this year, just because I I think they're. I think the Eagles are one of the harder teams to figure out this year, but in general, I think I found some value on them, especially getting it as an underdog. I'm not a big fan of Jalen Hurts either, but uh, they've had some injury issues this year. They're starting to get a little bit healthier. Carolina, I'm, I want to see what they're like with Christian McCaffrey gives back. I know running back is a good point, spread, but Carolina might be the one exception with McCaffrey, given how much he's using the passing game. But uh, yeah, both those teams will probably be fighting for wild card spots. Though the Eagle, the Panthers, obviously have a leg up with their record. And if nothing else, forget the stats of McCaffrey. But it just takes pressure off other guys. They're not asked to do too much. You know, the focal point of a def- defense is no longer. You know, they can they can kind of take out a wide receiver now if McCaffrey's not there. So there's just a domino effect when you're missing a guy like McCaffrey as valuable as he is. I mentioned the Steelers, Broncos, Denver's come back to earth. Probably not the team that I thought they were. I thought they had a 
very dark horse chance at the Super Bowl because of their home field advantage, because of that defense. I thought Bridgewater's more than a game manager. Maybe he's not. I, I'm, I'm wrong there. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. I mean, they, they, they won the first three games and looked very well, very good against bad opponents, but they took on a bunch of injuries during those games, and I think that's starting to uh, rear its ugly head when they start playing better teams. Not that we thought Pittsburgh was that good entering this week. I mean, there's a reason that they were getting points at home, but uh, it's just the second time in Teddy Bridgewater's career he's failed to cover in back-to-back games in the same season. So Teddy covers, uh, not rewarding betters the last two weeks. It's pretty crazy just given – you know, he is the all-time winningest quarterback against the spread. Your Jets still suck. That just in. Uh, breaking news, even suck in different time zones than they're usually. So what is their deal? Like, why are they so bad? Do they just not have talent yet? They're just they're building through the draft? I mean, I've been defending Zach Wilson the last few weeks, even when he's been throwing interceptions, because I felt like his accuracy has been pretty good. He's made some plays, and he hasn't gotten very help. He got a lot of help. He was terrible today. He was missing a lot of wide open throws like that. He had some plays in the field to be made and he just couldn't make them. And they don't have a running game to support him. And the defense is a bunch of no name players. that have also taken out a bunch of injuries. They were overachieving the first few weeks and today against Atlanta, even without Calvin Ridley, they just lit went up and down the field in the jets in the first half, the jets in the first quarter in the first half this year. If you just, if you go against them in the first quarter in the first half, you would not have lost a bet yet. Really? So you've been tracking these first quarter lines. Well, it's easy when they, I think that, I think they have like, I don't have it in front of me, but I know that one, I think they had 63 yards in the first quarter all year until like late, they had one play late in the first quarter. Like it's, it's really, really bad. So earlier we talked about all the game management and kind of game theory, I should say, and some of those decisions. How about your coach? At least you have a competent coach. He knows to kick the field goal with that little time left onside kick is necessary. You need the two scores, get the field goal. So somewhat silver lining there. At least you have a coach who's aware of that. Yeah, he also passed up a fourth and five opportunity down uh, two, down a couple scores in uh, Atlanta territory in the second half. So we still have some work to do with Salah. <laughs> I was I'm a little, always a little, little worried about defensive coaches. Right, they'll, they'll be in spots like that. Though we saw with Brandon Staley that he's more than willing to uh, be aggressive. All right, a little too much Jets talk. Let's move on. Um, okay, so the futures market Chiefs are going to slide. What do you do at the top here? Is it Bucks and then Bills? Like obviously the Ravens are in this mix too. Don't forget about them. They lose the opener, but three and one, and they have uh, Monday night. They're seven point favorites against the Colts at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the Bills, Bucks, and Rams are the top three teams. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals, obviously, with their record, they have to be in consideration. The Ravens, they probably need to blow up. The, they probably need to need to win and look really good in the Colts to be in that conversation for me. Maybe the Cowboys. I don't I don't put the Chargers in that group yet. I don't really think there's anybody else. I, I think that the big three right now are the Bills the Bucks and the Rams with the with an asterisk next to the Chiefs because I don't know what to think of the Chiefs right now. You keep talking about them on the sh- on the show. You talk about the defense. The one thing that I'm – I mean, the defense is obviously the most concerning thing, but they have 11 turnovers in five games. Like, that is not the, the Patrick Yeah, Mahomes the Super Bowl hangover is real. I mean, we, we want to deny it. I've certainly bet into it, having the Niners the year after they went and lost, but they had injuries, and I, that was my – but the Chiefs, man, like, they're – it's just not right. They could very easily miss the playoffs. Any idea what that – Yes, no split was the beginning of the season. I, I I tried to ask right before this podcast when you brought it up, but I haven't gotten an answer yet. I wish I had looked that up. That, that was a that was a great thought, but I'm sure we'll have that on Daily Wager this week. Yeah. So, um, I mean, other things. I I think it, look, if it was the old playoff format and the top two seeds get a buy, I would think the Cowboys would be up there in terms of among the favorites, just because their path to the playoffs with their division being worse than we thought it would be is certainly going to be favorable, although I do think their road schedule is tough. They still need to go to Minnesota. 
That's after the bye, and they're going to New England next week. But those games are not as difficult as we thought. They still go to Arrowhead, I believe. Um, they've played. I think they have to go to the. They've gone to the Chargers and won. So it's a tough schedule, but they're in the mix here, man. Like they, if they can keep maintain the defense, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, it's been very impressive what they've done defensively this year, especially since putting Micah Parsons, putting him in a pass rushing role. That, and they're going to get some guys back too as the year goes on, both on offense and defense. So they'll hopefully if they get healthy, like they they have they have as good a chance as anybody in the NFC to challenge the Buccaneers. Monday night thoughts? Anything? I, I lean Ravens, but I'd rather tease it. I teased it with the uh, the Cowboys. Um, that would be the only teaser. I would, I would prefer to teaser, maybe open up for next weekend some legs. Um, or just do them tomorrow and look at headlines or whatever you want to call it, the advanced lines, early lines. But at seven, I just don't think this reunion with Frank Reich and Carson Wentz is as harmonious as many thought, glass half full thinkers thought. It just hasn't looked clean that, yeah, they got the win last week, but whatever. They're still not that good. Yeah, I mean, the Colts were a little bit impressive last week beating the Dolphins the way they did. But, I mean, maybe the Dolphins are just bottom five, bottom seven team in the NFL. That's why within their range, given how they've been playing. I tend to lean toward taking the seven, but I don't think I'm going to take a side on this game. I'm usually a sucker for underdogs anyway. So, uh, But home teams are 4-0 against the spread on Monday night this year. So uh, uh, recently taking the home team here in this spot, in this case, the Ravens would be a good call. Lamar Jackson, 12-8-1 against the spread when laying at least seven in his career. So, And on Thursdays, road teams are undefeated ATS. So yep. strange twist there. Um and on Thursday night, uh, the big issue, the, the big thing. Ah, that yes, the Bucks. Russell Wilson's injury. Uh, the the look ahead line against Pittsburgh that was a two. Uh, Seattle was two and a half. That's now up to Pittsburgh minus four. So bookmakers looking at the difference between Russell Wilson and Geno Smith about six and a half points. The total also dropped five points there as well. So Seattle, you got to think that that given that division, they're in a lot of trouble this year. It's hard. Oh, Geno looked pretty good in that game, but Seattle. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Um. I was saying the Bucks. I believe they're next Sunday night. My apologies on that. Uh, no, that's next Sunday night. Thursday night is the Bucks and Eagles. Okay, so you're, you're, you, the game you were talking about was a Sunday night. Well, I was talking, uh, about, last, I was talking about Seattle Seahawks, Steelers. And Rams this past Thursday when, when he got hurt. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, good point. So just going back to the Dolphins, I don't think they're – I mean, look, they were down seven with the ball, and then Jacoby Brissett gets hurt. Now, maybe I'm just complaining because I had plus <laughs> 10 and 11, but – they were in that game, so to speak, but they can't hang with four quarters. So what am I talking about? They can't hang with four quarters of good teams. Yeah, I mean, the thing with them is, like, they have mediocre quarterback play. They have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Their weapons offensively are are banged up. They miss Parker and Fuller today. Fuller's going to miss a couple more games. So I'm not sure what they do well offensively. And their defense is fine, but it's not a difference maker to make up for what their offense is lacking. I mean, I don't think they're a bottom five team in the NFL, but I think they're probably a bottom ten team in the NFL at this point. For sure. For sure. That O-line is just not getting it done. I liked their game plan early. It just came out throwing, but then they tried to run a little bit, and then there's – you know, the, the the Bucks did make plays. I'll, I'll give Antonio Brown. He made some plays, and then on defense, they even made some plays too. So, all right, that's enough Dolphins talk. Uh, I'm not sure uh, many of our listeners wanted to hear that much Dolphins. Too Dolphins. much Dolphins talk, too much Jets talk. <laughs> um, okay, I think that does it. What do you make of the advanced line, or I guess early line, Detroit – excuse me, uh, Dallas minus three at New England? I, I know it's McCarthy be- Belichick, but still, seems a little, little small, a little short. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can. I, I can't trust New England. Like I, I, I talked about this earlier. I can't trust them laying points as a favorite, getting only three as a dog. I, I tend to lead in Dallas in that one as well. But it's always hard to go against Bill Belichick at home. So, I, but, but Dallas would be my lean in that one for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, let's also remember New England had a bunch of injuries on the offensive line. We'll see what the status of those guys are next week. But this Cowboys team going into the bye, I like their kind of momentum, their mojo. I think it could be a nice – and a lot of teams – I think like Dallas is one team that's always played better over the years, in my opinion, on the road. Like they're not reading the press clippings. There's not a lot of buzz. You know, just get away from all the uh, the love in that Cowboys town. Yeah, and I'm curious how the Giants are looking next week too with they with all their injuries. I mean, they they might be missing Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Oh, yeah. Already already without Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony got got ejected today after setting the uh, Giants single game rookie receiving yards record. So an interesting day for the Giants as well. There were six and a half against the Rams uh, next week. That might be double digits if Daniel Jones is out. And I didn't think that the difference between Daniel Jones and Mike Lennon entering the year would be that much. But Jones has kind of impressed me a little bit this year. So I'm curious uh, what the odds makers look at the, the difference between those two guys. Danny Dash, not Danny Dimes. I'm with you. No, he's been a little bit better than I thought, too. How about this turd of a game we are sending to London? After today, we're sending a Miami at Jacksonville. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and I, I, th- I think that line is three. Like, I, I, I talked about how bad Miami was, but I can't take Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is just a team I'm not going to take until they show me some signs of life, even though they showed me a little bit of signs today. But uh, I laying only three, getting only three, I got to go Miami in that one on paper. Yeah, 6.30 out here in the morning. Sleep, stay in bed. Even though Jacksonville, uh, London is Jacksonville's home away from home, though. So it's kind of, I wonder if they have some home uh, field advantage out there in London. Early game I like is Cleveland minus two and a half at home to Arizona. I think I think the Browns d- deliver a knockout, finally give them a loss, and get back, kind of get back on the win column there. I like that bounce back. Early, early look, early early look. All right, my man. Good stuff as always. Uh, anything we left out that's uh, important for the people? Yeah, I'll just uh, g- give a couple quick run through through some notes I couldn't get in there. So we talked about the Chiefs. Obviously, they have been the Super Bowl favorites. All this year and all of last year, the last time the Chiefs were not Super Bowl favorites entering a week was entering the divisional round of 2019. So January 2020, that time the Ravens were the favorites. That weekend they lost to the Titans. And ever since then, the Chiefs have been the Super Bowl favorites every time there have been odds posted. So we might see the Chiefs fall from grace there and fall from number one. Um, that was the main other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, we, we buried the lead. Too much Dolphins, but the Dolphins had the worst cover margin in the NFL entering this week. This week, they had the worst cover margin again this week <laughs> until the Chiefs played. Uh, they have the, the only team in the last five years where they worst cover margin through five games was the 2019 Dolphins. Um, the favorite in the Saints game won for the first time all year, so that was kind of interesting to me with uh, beating Washington. Uh, the Chargers had gone under the total in their first four games before blowing up today with the over. And uh, we talk about that Packers-Bengals finished with the five missed field goals in a row. Uh, the first time in NFL history we've had five missed – or sorry, in, uh, since the merger, we have had five missed field goals in the fourth quarter in overtime. That is a game where closing line value ended up coming in, into play. That line opened Packers minus three and a half, and it was three for a while, and I closed at two. So depending what line you got, those field goals uh, might have made you a winner or a loser. Uh, on that note, I want to say we buried the lead. First day since the merger, double-digit missed extra points and double-digit missed field goals. So on the heels of a memorable Saturday of college football, and they always are, but really this Saturday with Alabama losing and everything else was particularly exciting. Sunday was awesome as well, and the missed extra points. Now, obviously, with the distance going back the last handful of years, it's going to be more likely to have missed extra points than, than yesteryear since the merger. But still, double-digit missed field goals. So, like, yes, for every Justin Tucker 66-yard bomb, we have all these choke jobs like 
we had in Cincinnati. When you get a kick that the kicker's celebrating, like he made it and it didn't make it. So yeah, I tweeted uh, out the Nick Young gift, a roller coaster kind of day, all the things we talked about, whether it be the, the game theory strategy with the Chargers Browns game and everything else. It was certainly a memorable, awesome football weekend, all while we had that craziness at Fenway with the ricochet off the thing. And it was only a ground rule double. So all that's going on during some of the late afternoon football games. It's just crazy weekend. October, everyone says that not everyone, but most say it's the best month of sports. We have five Saturdays and Sundays this year in October. So uh, it's off to an, an awesome start. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I want to bring up, too, there's, which I forgot to earlier, was uh, another big week for the refs uh, inserting themselves into games. <laughs> uh, my my three favorite penalties in, in football, uh, two of them had uh, major impacts this week. We saw the uh, roughing the passer coming to play in the Chiefs game tonight. I didn't see any major taunting penalties, but my favorite play in football, the underthrown deep ball in man coverage, helped to give Texas A&M the win over Alabama. So uh, another big week for the refs. We'll